Hello and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel and today I have a fantastic guest in Josh Applebaum. He is a sports betting reporter for VEASAN, Vegas Sports Information Network. Josh has done some really, really cool things throughout his career, kind of almost quote-unquote falling into the betting space and falling in love with it and then writing a book about it. So Josh has had a very extensive career in sports betting, the way he goes about it and how he looks at betting is very interesting. We don't dive too, too deep because uh, it's more about his career, and but we definitely touch upon certain things, and I'm very grateful that we did. And uh, yeah, this one was awesome, so I hope you guys enjoy this conversation with Josh Applebaum. Perfect. All right. Today, my special guest, I have Josh Applebaum, sports betting reporter for VEASAN, Vegas Sports Information Network, previously with the Action Network and Sports Insights, as well as the author of The Everything Guide to Sports Betting. Josh, appreciate you hanging out with me today, man. Michael, thanks so much for having me on. Really excited to uh, talk betting and get to know you better and, uh, and looking forward to it. Let's chop it up, brother. Let's chop it up. This should be a fun one. Uh, betting is always an interesting topic of conversation. I'm glad it's now finally in the forefront. But the first question I have for you, Josh, and for everybody on the For the Loves of Sports podcast, let's see if I can get the name right, is why do you love sports? So I love sports for maybe two different reasons. Number one, just grew up playing them. Um, I'm from Western Massachusetts, small place called the Berkshires. And from as long as I can remember, my dad raised me to be a diehard Boston sports fan. So uh, my house back home, there's pictures of me in a onesie at, you know, two days old wearing a Bruins uh, onesie. And, you know, mm-hmm. I grew up loving the Red Sox and uh, the Patriots got lucky there because they were ter- terrible yep. when, I, when I grew up and just kind of fell into uh, the greatest dynasty of all time, even though, unfortunately, uh, that now might be ending with Tom Brady leaving. Don't come on. Uh, I got those questions towards the end. We're good, man. Don't okay, worry. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. Um, but yeah, just grew up loving sports. Um, great way to connect with my dad, my family, my friends grew up playing baseball, playing hockey, and, um, just enjoyed playing them, enjoyed following them. And really that kind of evolved over time. Um, you know, I went to the university of Vermont. I was an English major and a history minor, but my concentration was sports journalism. I really wanted to be a sports journalist. I wanted to work for the Boston globe or, you know, follow the Patriots or the Celtics or the Bruins or, the socks and you know just you know if you can't play sports anymore and I was never good enough to take it very far but second best thing to playing them is you know following them and covering them uh so I went to UVM um I covered the hockey team so I was the beat re- beat reporter worked for a uh the school newspaper in a site called USCHO United States uh college hockey online and um yeah just wanted to be a sports better I, I graduated in 2009 so uh, I'm 32 now. It's kind of the height of the recession when I graduated. And really, there are no jobs anywhere, sports betting wise, or actually take that back, sports journalism wise. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is, I didn't. So I have a career now in sports betting, but I kind of fell into that. It wasn't really what I was looking to do. Um, it's just funny the way life works out sometimes. So uh, yeah, I applied to a bunch of different jobs, couldn't get any. I moved to Boston uh, when I was 21 after graduating. And I worked at a bunch of restaurants. I worked at 
this restaurant called Jerry Remy's Sports Bar and Grill right next to Fenway Park. And um, along that time, you know, I was 21, having a great time working at uh, bars and restaurants, being a server and um, kind of just making money and hustling. And on the side, I kept a blog and my blog was called uh, Boston's Headband. So in my blog, I would just kind of, you know, I'd, I'd kind of sleep in and, you know, work all night at the restaurant. And then on my spare time, I'd uh, write about games and write about the Sox and the Celts and the, the Patriots and, and the Bruins and kind of just, you know, that was kind of a launching pad. I just, for me, it was a way to kind of stay into, into sports somehow or into mm-hmm. writing. And I didn't really expect much to come of it. But then um, I applied to uh, basically a Craigslist listing that said a, uh, a sports betting analytics um, entry level position. So this was at a company called Sports Insights. I was on the North Shore of Boston. Long story short, I applied. I got a job. It was my first office job. It was my first, you know, kind of real job outside of, um, you know, kind of just regular, you know, odds and ends kind of jobs. And um, and I loved it. And, you know, when I first started, I was making 10 bucks an hour, but it was awesome. You know, I was working in sports betting and I had bet, you know, a little bit on my own, but really I lost it all. And, you know, yeah. I would just bet my favorite teams. I'd bet, yep. you know, teams that, uh, I wanted to bet on, I made every mistake now, you know, 10, 11 years later that, you know, that I learned to avoid. So, um, that really got me, got my foot in the industry. Um, I learned betting inside and out. I learned betting basically through losing at first, but then kind of seeing the light and the sports betting analytics company I worked for sports insights, we were a data driven company and we basically focused on, um, covering up the names of the teams, looking at the data, where's the money coming in? How is the line moving? Where's the betting public? And really that would tell us where the sharp action was. So mm-hmm. I kind of learned that over time. And basically I kind of realized that um, betting against the public being contrarian, that's kind of what sets me apart in the industry. It's something I learned a long time ago where, you know, if, if average Joe's won, Vegas would go bankrupt mm-hmm. and Vegas, go, it's the opposite of bankrupt. Never goes bankrupt. And, yeah, exactly. The house always wins. So that was part of it, learning to bet against the drunk guy at the bar. You don't want to be on the same side as him. You want to be on the opposite side and then learning how to read line movement and learning how to read and identify sharp action. Um, so kind of just started from the bottom. I was a customer service guy my first couple of years and then um, wrote blogs, wrote articles, ended up being customer service manager. I hosted um, a sports betting hangout, which is kind of like what you do, mm-hmm. Michael. It's kind of like a nightly uh, 30 minute podcast interactive. It was actually on zoom, which is funny. And now back that far, really zoom existed back then. Yeah. That was uh 2015 or so. Okay, all right. Yeah. So, oh yeah. Guess, not too far. Um, oh, I guess this is kind of further into your career, right? Cause you said yeah. in 2000, like you graduated 2010, 2009, a couple years. And then, so that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So I was two years working in the restaurant industry. 2011 is when I started working at sports insights kind of bottom up, you know, did all the, um, mm-hmm. kind of the bottom level stuff that you hate at the time, but actually really benefits you in the end because mm-hmm. you kind of learn from the, the bottom up, which is the best way to learn. So yeah, just kind of rose and rose and became um, customer service manager, hosted this betting hangout. Uh, long story short, my company sports insights, which really they're kind of my, I'm, I take so much pride in sports insights. That was really, I had such great mentors. This uh, my former boss, uh, Dan Fabrizio and PJ Walsh and Travis Reed. These are my guys. They really taught me betting. Um, and I had a leg up because kind of my niche was I could relate to a lot of new betters because I had been through the losing. Mm -hmm. I had been made all the mistakes. I bet parlayed everything. You know, I lost a lot. 
So now I see both sides, the average Joe side, and then the other side of kind of going behind the book, going behind the numbers. So um, that was kind of my niche. I could just kind of relate to regular average Joes, learn from the wise guys. And then basically uh, 2017, my company, Sports Insights, we were bought out by the Action Network. Okay. So um, I spent Here, a I'm actually, I'm going to yeah. stop you there. I have a couple sure. questions uh, along the way. Um, sure. You're you're really rolling with it though. So I didn't want to stop sure. you too early, but um, no, stop I me mean, anytime. This is your show, Michael. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. No one's here to listen to me, man. They're going to listen because you're on it. Not because I do it. If I, if that was the reason, believe me, dude, I'd be a millionaire. This thing would be monetized <laughs> the hell at this point, but it's not. So I get to ask you some questions. So sure. with that, I think it's really cool again, how, you know, it's not cool, I guess. It's very unfortunate as you were coming out of school is essentially what a lot of the kids are going to be dealing with now and kind of that heads up just hey man just stay in the industry i like how you did that i like how you said you know got a restaurant job got as close to the action as you could literally being right next to fenway as you said and and being right next to um yeah i think you said fenway correct right in the garden yeah and so being right over there and still staying in the action because it's so easy to forget or it's so easy to follow the money you eat you I mean, not, maybe not easily could have gotten a job doing something else, but you were able to take the long game. And as you said, you stayed with the blog and you did all the things that you needed to do on that end. Was the blog, as you said, it was kind of your way to stay connected. Was that utilized when looking or getting this job at Sports Insight? Was that something you could point to and say, hey, even though I haven't had a job, I've just just been, I was a waiter for 10 years. I love every second yep. of it, but I w- I've been a waiter for the last two years, but look, this is, I'm super committed. I keep doing this. It's on a regular consistent basis. How big of an impact was that when you were talking to those guys over at sports insights to say, all right, look, I'm, I'm not messing around. I really do want to be in this industry. So I think that's a great question. I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, really the way I looked at it as um, when I went to go interview, that was kind of my trump card. You know, that was one mm-hmm. thing that really set me apart because everyone loves sports. Everyone loves betting on sports, but you got to have something that kind of sets you apart. And I think I was just lucky to, you know, kind of all the planets aligned to get that entry level job. And I think, um, you know, what was to my advantage was I could say, okay, you know, I went to college. I want to be a sports writer. I had a, you know, catalog portfolio of, you know, I had to show them a bunch of different um, articles I've written and, you know, that kind of stuff. But then I think the sports blog is okay. You can point to another thing. You can list another bullet on your mm-hmm. resume. I think that makes a big difference. And then I think, like you said, it's kind of a go-getter, you know, if an employer is looking at you and um, they say, okay, you know, you got to make, you got to pay the bills. You got to pay the rent. You're living in a, you know, I was living in a three, uh, three bedroom apartment with two of my best friends. And we were just, you know, we were, we were just young guys just trying to make it, having a great time, but also, okay, I'm doing something else. And mm-hmm. I think that really showed uh, probably to my employers that, you know, a bit of a go, go-getter mentality. And a lot of people now ask me who are coming out of college, which I think is a great question because so many people, you know, since sports betting was legalized in 2018 when PASPA was overturned and you're seeing uh, there's almost 21 states now that are legal um, or have been legalized and are almost live, you know. Um, unfortunately, with coronavirus, a lot of it, you know, the casinos are shut down right now, but and we're, we're dying to get betting back so we can bet on something. But um, a lot of people ask, you know, how did you get into the industry? And I think one is, I always talk, tell people, start a blog. It's the easiest thing you can do. I use Blogspot. It was free. Mm-hmm. And just just put your thoughts out there. You know, it doesn't matter how, like I wrote blogs and I was like, eh, I'm writing about, you know, I don't know, Jacoby Ellsbury. And it's like, it's kind of pointless, but no, it's like, if you keep writing, you stick with it. You have a catalog, you can put, you know, one blog post a day. If you want to be in betting, you know, break down a couple games, do a couple recaps or, you know, try to, uh, do a game breakdown on why you want to bet this side or that side. Just put something on paper 
that then you can show to employers and then um, that really gives you a leg up. So if you're looking to get in the industry, start a blog that worked for me. And, and yeah, I mean, back then in 2010, 2011, blogs obviously were the way to go. And now I'd even say start, just start creating content in any shape yeah. or form, right? I'm terrible at writing. That's why I can talk into a microphone a little <laughs> bit better, right? Um, you know, I, I know people that started video series and that's really what was able to uh, grow them in the industry. So it's just, it just create content. It might, as you said, seem useless. It might seem stupid, but when you can point back, especially, you know, two years, you're having fun you easily could have just had fun. Like you didn't have exactly. to do the blog. You didn't have to do any of that. It's the opportunity for someone like an employer. Once everything does get back to normal, because it always does. What does Wayne say? Sports will be back. Um, yep. You know, it's just that opportunity to then look back and say, Hey, I know like everybody else was doing the same thing as me, but I also then have now two years worth of content that I created or a year or even six months worth of content. And honestly, most of it probably sucks. Don't tell anybody, but that's not the point. The point is that it's there and that you did it consistently showing that you actually want to be in the industry and taking advantage of the, you know, quote unquote time off that we have. Um, especially now, again, that, that is advice that you utilize. And that's advice that I want everyone out there to know. Like that's, this is, we're, we're going to be shut down for a little while guys. Uh, yep. you know, so take advantage of it and, and do something because if you do nothing, you're going to be in the exact same spot, just a little bit older. Where's, where's exactly. the fun in that? Yeah. And I think another thing is uh, if you want to get into sports betting, you know, get any, you know, obviously it's tough right now with, you know, coronavirus and everything, but it will come back like you and Wayne say. And, um, you know, I would think of it as like, if you want to get into sports betting, look at every the advantage now is a lot of legal states, you know, are being legalized mm -hmm. across the country. Go to every, um, you know, LinkedIn, every opportunity, apply to anything, even if it's like a customer service job, a job that doesn't pay a lot you know, um, in sports betting, like a ticket writer, the guy behind the cashier who just, you know, takes your, takes your bet, gives you the ticket, like just get your foot in the door. And then if you grind and you, you know, try hard and you just put in day to day, people are going to notice it and you're going to really start to like get a leg up. So what's funny is a lot of people told me this back in the day and I'm like, eh, whatever, like you don't get it. I'm going through it. You, you know, but it really is true. Just find a way to get your foot in the door, whatever it can take a blog, get the lowest, leg on a totem pole at a sports book or a casino and then you can really start to build your way up so just find a way in and, and just take it from there and and as you said you started with um with sports insights you weren't really like super into betting at the time as you said you wanted to follow around the patriots and and the bruins i mean following around the patriots at that time would have been pretty cool um to, to say the least i guess but you know getting into sports betting as you said you almost fell into it but I guess, as you said, then you were able to take advantage. You were there for eight years, eight plus years before it turned into the Action Network and then another almost two. So yep. practically 10 years with this company. Over that time, how did you make sure, you know, as you did when you were un unemployed um, yep. in the sports industry, taking advantage of it? How did you take advantage of those eight years, as you said, because it kind of sucked in the beginning, but you were super, super grateful for those first few years because that's where you learned. Exactly, Michael. And yeah, at first it was kind of like, okay, I'm just super happy to be out of a restaurant. I'm super happy to, you know, drive you to like an actual smelling office. smelling like fried food or anything, man? Come on. I, I tell you what, I had so much fun in restaurants and I, I really, you know, I feel so bad for people right now working in restaurants who, you know, their livelihood is being taken away. Again, hope it, it will and hope it comes back soon. But um, yeah, I mean, I was just so happy to get out of a restaurant and, uh, you know, go to go drive to an office and, and work in sports, just work in, in sports in any way possible. And, you know, I had a desk, I had two monitors and I'm like doing blog posts about, you know, Steph Curry or whoever, it doesn't matter. It's just super cool. It's like, 
yes, you know, working in restaurants, it was a lot of fun. It was hard work. I met a lot of awesome people. Your social life is really cool when you're working in a restaurant. Afterwards, you get drinks with your coworkers and it's just, you know, it's fun. You, you have a great crowd. But um, that was just fun to me that I could get into a job into sports betting. And really, I kind of just, again, I, I didn't want to be, it's not like, oh, I, I want to be in sports betting. I want to be a wise guy. I want to be a handicapper. It wasn't really that. It was that, okay, I used to play sports. I know sports. And then eventually it took a long time. Like, you know, I, I got to tell people like, you're not going to become a sharp sports better overnight. It takes years and years and years. And it probably wasn't until maybe three or four years into my job that I really started to understand it. And kind of just, I worked with some really cool guys. Like there are only like 10 people in our office and we're all super tight. And, you know, I would work two to 10. I'd go in at two o'clock. I'd leave at 10. You know, we'd prep for all the games, seven o'clock, all the games come on. We had three TVs. We'd have a game on each TV. We'd, you know, break down each game every day and then watch them and, and live, you know, live tweet. I uh, worked on the social media and everything and customer service and kind of just over time, you know, working with sharp people, it kind of, um, it kind of just, uh, you, you soak it in and then you're just working it nonstop day to day. And then with sports betting, it's also like, once you get a philosophy, which if you don't have a philosophy in betting, you're not going to win because you can't be just doing this, doing that, switching up what you're doing. You know, uh, I bet an underdog yesterday lost, so I'm going to take a favorite today. I bet a total yesterday it won, you know, an over, so I'll stick with overs. Like you got to have a mentality of philosophy. And then once you stick with that, which to me is be a contrarian better and always be on the sharp side of every play. Once you can get that, then if you just do it day to day, every single day repetition, you recognize games, you recognize the way a line moves and you know, it's not going to win every time, you know, to be a, a successful sports better, you got to win 52.38% of your plays. If you're paying the juice, which is standard minus 110 juice, that's a tax or commission. You got to pay the books. So if you can win 53% to 55%, you're a good sports better. You know, the best cappers in the world are 60%, maybe get to 65%, but really not much better than that. So, you know, if you can kind of just have realistic, realistic expectations, define your philosophy and your strategy and try to make a sharp contrarian play, it could lose any, you know, any losses happen, bad beats happen. But if you kind of grind that long-term, that's how you get 53%, 54%, which makes betting much more fun when you're winning than when you're losing. So long story short, I was there a long time. It took a long time to really soak it in, but once it did, there's a new thing you learn every day and you just slowly, slowly get better at it. And then you can start to, you know, help people uh, who want to get into sports betting, you know, help mm -hmm. them get that learning curve a little bit easier. And, and re in reality, like it's, it's a skill, right? Betting is a skill. So how do you get better at skills? You practice them. You know, like it's, it's not like, exactly. like just to put it at the easiest way, it's not rocket science. I mean, it, it, as you said, 50, again, a lot easier said than done is, you know, 53.38 or 52.38. Yep. And that's, I think kind of the frustrating part is because when you say that number, you're like, it's barely over one out of every two, right? Like yep. you don't even have to be two out of every, th like, it just seems so easy, but that's why, that's how they get you. And that's why we need people exactly. like you to help us with that, to get me close to that 52, 53%. I also don't bet, you know, huge dollars. I'm a, I'm a five, $10 kind of guy. Just <laughs> get, get my juices flowing just a little bit more. I kind of, I kind of enjoy doing that. I love live betting too. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but it's just so much more fun for whatever reason. Um, Cause in the middle of games, sometimes I'll switch who I'm rooting for. If one team's yep. winning by too much, it's like, nah, I kind of want this team to come back. Cause 25 point comeback would be insane. Let's do it. So that's just me. I'm a little weird about that stuff. So I guess with that, 
you know, over those 10 years with, with Sports Insight, with the Action Network and learning this skill and, and crafting it, as you said, really coming up from the bottom as, as, you know, just a customer, you know, service representative all the way, you know, and into hosting the Hangouts, the live Hangouts on a daily basis, which must have been insane. I can only yeah. imagine some of the shit that those people were saying. And now, as you said, so Sports Insights get bought by the Action Network. Uh, that's the churning group, if I'm not mistaken. They yep, they came correct. in and they they started blowing some stuff up. I had the opportunity to actually uh, recently speak with Chad Millman. He is an incredible dude. He knows yep. what he's doing, which is awesome. So what was that like? Did you have to come down to New York City? Were you able to stay up there in, in Boston? And kind of how did that transition go um, from, from that point? Yeah, great question. So it was kind of crazy. It all happened really quick. So we found out one day, my boss brought us in, Dan Fabrizio. He said, we got bought out. And your first question is, am I getting fired? What's going on? I got scared, you know, but um, it ended up being a great opportunity. So we uh, were bought up by the Action Network. And basically, we still worked in Boston, but the Action Network headquarters was in New York City. Mm -hmm. So it kind of everything kind of stayed the same. Um, Obviously, there was a a big, you know, transition in terms of what they wanted, what we wanted, our style of doing things, their style of doing things. Um, But I had a great two years there. I learned a lot. I worked with a lot of sharp people. Uh, Chad Millman was kind of a mentor for me. And um, he, uh, it was funny when I, someone approached me uh, from Simon and Schuster and they heard about me. I I wrote a daily article called the sharp report and I did the the hangouts and just kind of, I don't know how this person found out, but they reached out to me and they said, you know, we kind of like your style and your voice and we want to write basically a um, kind of a, a dummy guide to sports betting or sports betting for dummies. And it ended up being the everything guide to sports betting. So um, I called Chad and I was like, Hey, they reached out to me to write a book. Um, what's funny is, and just, it's crazy the way life works. But when I first got hired at sports insights in 2011, my old boss, he gave us a couple books that we had to read. One was the smart money by Michael Kolnick. The other one was um, the odds by Chad mm-hmm. Milman. Incredible so, book. Yeah. Great book. And it, uh, it's awesome. And um, it's just funny. Cause then I start working with Chad and um, you know, kind of our style was a little different. I think they, um, kind of wanted to appeal more to the average better, which is smart because betting is being legalized and you know, that that's kind of the target audience, but we kind of wanted to still teach a philosophy and mm-hmm. a, and a model and really um, kind of educate betters and help them make smart bets. So uh, I reached out to Chad. I said, you know, Simon Schuster wants me to write a book. What do you think? He kind of walked me through it. He kind of told me how the publishing industry works. So I'm like forever indebted to Chad Millman because he really helped me get my book um, negotiating and, thanks to my dad too. He's a financial planner. So he helped me like, you know, go back and mm-hmm. forth with the money and everything. And there's a lot, there's like a ton of fine print with dealing with public publishers and everything. But um, yeah, so I was there for two years. Um, it was really exciting. Met a ton of great people. Um, they had some layoffs. I was part of that. So I got laid off from Action Network in August of 2019, which um, that was a really difficult moment for me. That was really hard. Um, I was really, to be honest with you, I was really hurt by it and I was really upset and, um, I had never been laid off before I moved in with my girlfriend like six months before and we got this awesome apartment and like, it's okay. How do I pay rent? Like Mm -hmm. what's going on? Like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm nervous. It's the first time I never had a job before. So, um, I kind of like, um, I'm super indebted to the action network for everything they've done for me, but I was like super upset because I had helped build sports insights and we, Mm -hmm. I was one of the founding members and we had this great camaraderie and this great group. And it was kind of this, um, you know, this crew in this just moment in time that uh, now ended. And I felt yeah. super, um, 
hurt by it, upset by it. And it was just a difficult situation. I remember the day I got laid off, it was me and a bunch of other kids from the Boston office. And we had this bar called Acapulco's, uh, this Mexican restaurant. Mm -hmm. And we all got together and we just drank a lot that day. (laughs) And and we talked about it and it was super upsetting. And like, it was such a surreal moment. And um, basically what happened is I got laid off uh, August 2nd. And it's funny because I don't really remember dates. Like I know my birthday, I know my girlfriend's birthday. Christmas, parents, that's birthday, an easy Christmas, one. <laughs> exactly. But I don't know a lot of dates, but like August 2nd, that's like a date I know. Um, so I basically kind of freaked out and applied to a million jobs. Like I applied to literally everything I could find. I DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, um, every, uh, just a million different sites. And I, in the back of my head, like um, there's a site called VEASAN where I work now. And I had kind of talked to a bunch of people at VEASAN and um, I, I knew a guy, Jeff Fogle, and kind of what, what happened was um, I talked to all my contacts. And I said, you know, I'm unemployed. I'm looking for a job, you know, and it's like I wrote this book. I have like a good story to tell. I've been in the industry a long time. And it became like, at first I'm like, I'm going to take whatever job I can get. Whoever offers me a job, I'm going to take it because I need money. I got to pay rent, you know? Um, but my dad, he gave me good advice. He's like, don't take the first one you see, you know, listen to offers, get the right fit, figure out what you're going to do. And um, I basically stumbled on VEASAN and I met uh, my boss now, Bill D, who's like the coolest guy in the world. He used to be the sports editor for, I believe the Chicago Tribune. And he helped create VEASAN uh, with Brent Musburger and Brian Musburger. Uh, Brent Musburger, the legend, is like the coolest guy of I all time. I have some questions. Uncle Brent, yeah. I got some questions. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and what's funny is he, we agreed at the beginning, I was going to write this newsletter. So every night I was going to, I was supposed to write between like 500 and a thousand words on game breakdowns, previewing the next day of games, tracking line movement, stuff like that. And he said, I'll give you um, like 50 bucks for each one. And I was like, save the money, hold the money. Let me do it for a week. And then we'll figure that out later. Like if I do well, we'll figure mm-hmm. something out. If not, no hard feelings. So um, we did it. I did pretty well. Uh, the newsletter got a bunch of clicks. Bill offered me a job and now I'm a sports betting reporter. So um, it ended up working great. I love VEASAN. It's, it's the coolest job I've ever had. It's just funny the way things work out in the end because I went from literally like the lowest of lows to now like having the job I always wanted. Like, mm-hmm covering the sports betting market. And I always wanted to be someone, um, I joked with my girlfriend, like, I want to be the guy who, if you say, where's the sharp action, I tell you, like, that's what I always wanted to be and like help bet- betters, educate betters. So um, now I'm a sports betting reporter at VSIN. I work with a lot of wise guys, really sharp guys. And it's funny is they are the old school way and kind mm-hmm. of I'm more new age where it's like data, data driven, like nerdy, sabermetrics, money ball type shit, you know, like that. So, yeah. So kind of like I write the newsletter, I do a daily podcast called um, the Beeson Market Insights podcast. And then I appear on the Lombardi line on the weekends, breaking down games and a bunch of Beeson programming. So um, just got super lucky. Again, funny the way things work out, but uh, long and arduous journey, but I'm um, really happy to be a Beeson. It's the best job I've, I've ever had. It is funny how everything works out. And I'll be very honest with you, Josh. Uh, I don't personally believe in luck. Um, I believe in working hard and potentially just finding yourself in the right place at the right time. Um, I feel like when we start to talk about luck too much, we kind of leave it up to somebody else. But you literally worked in the industry for 10 years. You've done all these things. You, You came up from the bottom. This isn't luck that you got here. Someone 
you, as you said, you reached out to all your contacts and you were smart enough. Shout out to your dad. Seems like he has a pretty big role in all this. Oh, um, yeah. You know, he, uh, you know, he was like, don't, you know, take your time. You listen to him, right? There's yep. not, no luck in listening to someone that you take their, you know, advice very, very heavily. And, you know, obviously, as you said, you landed at the coolest place. And again, you're working with Uncle Brent. Like, I don't know how much you, you get to talk to him or anything, but I'm sure, uh, I, you know, once or twice would be good enough for me personally. So um, with that, you know, this was a question that kind of could go back to, um, I, I kind of want to go just hop back to the action network for a second Sure. because of the opportunity when gambling and sports betting became legal. So it's very confusing that they would lay people off after that. So I don't really want to get into the politics of all of it. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like with, you know, you guys switching over to the action network shortly thereafter betting becomes legal. I think it was like a year or less than a year after, but we kind of all knew in the lead up to it. So what were you doing in that time to Again, like you've been in the industry for a while at this point, but I feel like you're the kind of guy that when you see something like this coming, you're going to go even harder. So what were you personally doing or what were some of your colleagues doing that you picked up on, especially, you know, over there seeing that, okay, this is going to become legal. This isn't going to be a shadow industry anymore. You know, we know the trillion dollars that are spent on it, but now we're going to be able to talk about it open and honest. And people are like myself are just going to engage with it. So what were you guys doing to make sure that you were, you know, Rather than when it came, not be surprised, you were able to just flip a switch. Yeah, great question. So I think kind of what what me what personally, what I was kind of looking for is, you know, what's funny is I tracked uh, Chris Christie in 2012. I'm I'm like a little political nerd too, because like at UVM, I took some poli sci classes, and my parents, you know, are ex hippies, and just like I, but grew up in a household where politics mm-hmm. were important, and you want to track it. And um, basically, I had followed. Chris Christie, when he got the ball rolling, Christie versus NCAA. And then mm-hmm. it was funny, like every year something would happen. It would go well and like they're going to win. And then like the league sue and then there's mm-hmm. a year long. And just it was craziness. But we kind of knew it was going to happen. And shout out to Chad Millman and Action Art because they really saw that this is going to happen. And I think what you're seeing is a lot of um, companies who kind of could predict that and foresee it. And Mark Cuban too, when I was at Action Network, uh, we are at Sports Insights. We are kind of sister sites with Fantasy Labs and Fantasy Labs, at, you know, daily fantasy help and tools and uh, just really cool stuff. Bet Labs is another thing that we used, that we did. But um, they, Mark Cuban invested a ton of money in Fantasy Labs and people who just saw the churning group that it was going to be big. Those are the people who really re- reap the rewards. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me personally, kind of what I did is I really geared everything I do more toward betting education. So that was kind of a turning point for me where um, when I was at Sports Insights, it was like the members are number one. Like my goal is to help the members, teach them a philosophy, teach them the tools, how to use our website, how to make smart bets, how to go through games. That was really my number one. Um, Then kind of once betting was legalized and we knew it was going to happen and then it was you know, Jersey, Delaware, it was boom, boom, boom. All these states were being legalized. Um, I really saw, okay, I'm the, like our members are number one, but there's now a huge audience of new people who want to get into betting. So that's when it really became like um, more of betting education, like teaching bankroll management. What is the spread? What is the money line? What is the total? Things that seem very simple, but if you're a new sports better, you don't want to say it's like, I don't want to be a, you know, considered exactly. a dumbass. Like what mm-hmm. is the spread, but you got to know these things. And like, that was my way of kind of like capitalizing on this moment in time where millions and millions of new bettors are about to enter the market. So uh, I really ratcheted up uh, betting education, um, bankroll management, 
how to shop for the best line, teaching contrarian philosophy, sharp action, tips and uh, strategies for betting all the major sports. And that really became kind of my, my niche or something I really focused on. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, cause like, you got to remember the wise guys, the sharp, the pro betters, they're not going to listen to me. They're, they're doing well. They're making money. They don't need any, you know, like they're smarter than me. They don't need me or anything. My goal is like, okay, I want to help the new betters who never really helped me when I needed help. Now I've been in it, you know, 10, 11, 12 years, and I can kind of give you the tips just, you know, again, you're not going to become a millionaire. Like that's mm-hmm. the other thing with betting is like, there's so much hashtag gambling Twitter where like, there's so much crap out there. Touts. Uh, scam, I call them scamby cappers. Cause it's like, I've won 20 in a row and I, here's my 50 star lock, my 50 unit bomb tonight. And it's like, no, like, and I see people fall into that trap and pay mm-hmm. the cappers money. And it's like, again, it betting is hard enough. Like there are simple things you can do to make it easier to go from if you're 48% to 51, then to get to that next level. Okay. Then it takes a little more time, but like there are these easy, easy things you can do bankroll management. Like I'm a big proponent of flat betting. Like, I'll geek out on all this stuff with you. Just like simple things, shop for the best line. If you're going to bet a game, don't just bet at DraftKings because that's the one book you have. Open up, you know, seven different accounts at DraftKings, FanDuel, Bovada, Bet Online, Bookmaker, Five Dimes, yada, 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 so that you can shop for the best line, get the best number. Like there are these little things you can do to really, really increase your win percentage. And that was kind of my focus. And then kind of once people get hooked, then you can, they're off to the races and like, if you're serious about betting, you're going to live, eat and breathe betting. You're going to watch games all the time. Like, you know, you don't want to be a degenerate gambler, but it takes time. It takes practice. And the more you put into it, you know, the better you're going to be. But kind of my goal, long story short, is focus on betting education, focus on helping new bettors entering the market, um, an easier transition and hopefully put you on the path to making some money. And we appreciate that because we all know that the sharps are out there to take my money. Like yeah. that's just kind of how it works. Everybody <laughs> wants to take my money because I, as I am, I consider myself a little more knowledgeable than the next guy. I am clearly not as knowledgeable as you. Uh, you've been doing this for well over 10 years at this point. And I, you know, I only started doing this when it became legal in New Jersey. Right. And the only reason I would do it is because my brother was very into it. And yep. so, you know, we would just, it's just something extra to do. And that's the thing. Like it's, even as I said, I only, you know, I only put five, 10, 15, 20, if I'm really feeling juicy that Saturday night, um, I, I don't put too much money on a game, but even for me, I mean, I'm also super cheap. So maybe that $20 is a little more than me than some other people, but you know, it just, you have no idea the joy and the excitement watching Rutgers cover a 43 point spread against yeah, Ohio State, Ohio whatever State, that yeah. was, yep. that was insane. We are, we are like sitting there on the couch, like, oh my God, they're going to do it. We think they're going <laughs> to, oh, holy, there's no way. Ends up Rutgers scored the second most points against Ohio State last year. No, no reason I'm saying this other than I hate Ohio State and I went to Rutgers. But, um, you know, it's just little things like that, that the stadium's empty. Nobody cares. And we're all just sitting on the edge of our seat. Like all he has to do is run it in from the one, just run it in from the one. And uh, it just makes those crazy games just a little bit more exciting. So I'm, I'm all for it, man. The more information and, you can give us, the better. And hey, by the way, what's funny is as a contrarian better, I remember breaking on that game, talking about that game on the Lombardi line contrarian is basically betting against the public whatever the masses are doing you want to be on the other side because more often than not the house wins the public loses but that game you just talked about was an example of a super contrarian play where obviously everyone's on ohio state but i write about this in my book the everything out of sports betting there's something called like shaded numbers and inflated numbers so that game i think if you go back it opened up at like 
plus four, 39, plus 40, plus 41. It was pretty lower. Mm-hmm. And then once you saw everyone pummel Ohio State, the line started to rise, plus 42, plus 43, higher and higher. So that's an example of like, it's all, and this is something someone taught me a long time ago, bet numbers, not teams. Mm-hmm. That will take you so far in sports betting. And basically like the value of the odds makers saying, okay, Ohio State should win by 40, but now I'm getting 43 just because the public is overvaluing Ohio State, mm-hmm. that's a play you got to make. And they could lose by 60, you know, obviously. And you look like an idiot. Like, how did I not lay the 40 with Ohio yeah. State? But more often than not, that kind of situation will cash because the books have so much liability on it and you're getting a better number. And just the biggest thing is, like, learning to read line movement. If you can read, like, where you always got to ask yourself, where did the line open? Where is, how did it move? And what were the moves in between? And that'll tell you where the liability is. That will tell you where the value is. Um, but it's just funny because I remember that exact game mm-hmm. you're talking about. I'm like, that's, that's awesome. a play I'll make every time. And like sometimes you're like a genius. Like how did you know? How did you and I take the points and cash that? It was awesome. Yep. It sometimes was. you look like a complete idiot. So that that happens too. But but I mean um, that's the thing. Like I went to Rutgers. At least there's that little like sliver of well, I gave them. You know, my parents gave them almost forty grand. Like, yeah. <laughs> heck, I at least you know they're they're getting more than forty points. I'll take it. Shoot at that yep. point. So you know, it's just something funny. That's actually really awesome. Uh, I did not know that you wrote that. Uh, that you talked about mm-hmm. that. So that's pretty good stuff. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, this is awesome. You were just super knowledgeable. So I do want to talk about Vison a little bit more. Um, sure. Really interesting company. Uh, you know, as you did at the Action Network, I'm sure with the Churning Group, you guys got some money. Um, a little bit more than what it was at Sports Insight. So I'm sure your platforms got a little nicer, you know, the, uh, the, the, the analytics that you've been talking about so much more. And now at Vsin, I know you guys are partnering up with Wayne Kimmel, the incredible Wayne Kimmel. Yep. I, uh, just for all the listeners out there, if you haven't yet, his episode's somewhere back. Uh, so definitely go check it out because he's an incredible dude. But with, again, with 76 Capital coming on board and having investors and people that believe in it, what is it like coming into this situation? Um, again, let's pretend for the instance that the world's still spinning on its axis and everyone's allowed to go outside again. Um, what was it like when you you came to this place and you see how serious it is? Because I think that's the coolest part. Like I turn on at seven o'clock in the morning, Wayne always tweets it out. So I look at it and you know, they just, it's a legitimate studio, like ESPN style, like news broadcast studio. And like, it's just a hundred percent about betting. Like, I think that's the coolest idea. And it's, it's one of those like, well, duh, who didn't think about that? But it turns out these guys did. So what was it like when you got involved with this kind of company where you could see how just serious and professional, I think that's the other really cool, not to say Action Network wasn't or Sports Insight wasn't, but this is like the highest of high professional. You're exactly right. I think a couple of things about that. When I was laid off and I had, I was lucky enough, again, talk about luck, but you know, you make your own luck, but I... Uh, had a couple of jobs I could choose from and it was down to VSIN and two others. And what really stood out to me about VSIN um, is kind of just what you said, the seriousness of sports betting. And what I loved about VSIN is like, um, they're not here to entertain you per se. They're not here to give opinions. I think a big thing with sports betting now is like, it's great that it's being legalized. And now you can create a Twitter account. You can start a website. You can do whatever you want. But also there's so much noise there. I felt that um, kind of like what Nate Silver says, like VEASAN is kind of the signal amongst the noise. It's a situation where, you know, we're not, we're not charging you for picks. We're not selling picks. We're basically giving you a ton of information from a bunch of really respected bettors with differing opinions and differing reasons why they're betting games. And then you make your decision in the end, you know, what you want to bet. Mm-hmm. So like the Twitter account is awesome at VEASAN Live, you know, like social media, they'll tweet out, 
I'm sure you've seen it. Like there'll be a two minute clip from X so-and-so professional better on why they like, you know, San Diego state minus five tonight. There'll be a different one on um, what are you, what do you like in hockey tonight? So it's not that basically I, I think that there's so much noise of people pushing picks and people trying to entertain you and like barstool, like they're entertaining, but you don't go to barstool to be educated and to be a sharp sports better. No, you do it because it's funny or cause yep. you know, you can relate or, and there's definitely a place in the industry for that. But I really wanted to be associated with a site that is serious about sports betting is serious about helping their members win and is serious about um, being honest up front. Like, again, we're not here to make you a millionaire. We'd love to, that would be awesome. That would be great. But sports betting is hard. We want to approach it in a way that uh, is honest and transparent and kind of give you the tools, give you the, the insights, and then you can make your final decision. So that's what I really like about it. Um, I know kind of the Musburgers, Brian Musburger and Brent Musburger. Um, and there's actually Todd Musburger too, who's also works there. So it's kind of a, what I like another thing about Beeson, it's kind of a family kind of business where, um, there's a ton of camaraderie and like the weird thing is like, I'm not just saying this, but like, I haven't met a single like asshole or jerk who mm. works at Beeson, like, which is kind of crazy because there's gotta be a few here, but like, it's just been really cool. Everyone was super welcoming to me from day one. And, um, it's just a site that to me, in my opinion, approaches sports betting the right way. And I think, you know, you can listen to a clip or you could listen to one day of VEASAN content and maybe the picks all lose and you say VEASAN sucks, but mm -hmm. it's the grind long-term, if you do it day to day, you see the results, you see, you learn how to see sports betting in a different way. And I think that's what really, you know, one day it may not appear to you, but over the long run, over the course of a season, of a year, um, you really recognize, okay, if I want good information, I'm going to VEASAN because I know they're not going to bullshit me. They're going to present the game. They're going to give maybe pros and cons for both. They're going to bring in sharp guys to break it down. And I can either listen to them or I can do something different. But I know that no one at VEASAN is selling me on anything or bullshitting me or out there to just take my money. So that's really why I love working there great family run business where I feel like I'm part of the family. And then also I think Feeson does it the right way. So, um, you know, long story short, again, they're not paying me to say this. I'm not yeah. like here to lie to you. Like th that really is why I think Veasan stands out amongst other companies. That is fantastic. And keep your long stories long, man. I mean, that's why we're doing this. Like, don't <laughs> worry. You don't have to shorten anything up. Give me all the information um, as you do in your in your regular life. You know, give me all the information. I'll, I'll take what I need. I'll take what I want from it. Yep. So, no, and I, I just think, you, you know, you, you speak from the heart. You speak passionately. That's one of my favorite things, listening to people who are passionate about something. And not only are you passionate about not just the sports betting industry, but as you've been saying this entire time, you keep drilling it into my head. I want to help. I want to teach you. I want to give you yep. the information. I'm not going to tell you how this works. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you all my information I can. I'm going to tell you what I think. And then you can use that information however you want. Now, if you want to be contrarian to the contrarian, I'm sure that's a philosophy too. I'm sure yep. people are weird. We can get real deep into this stuff. But at the same time, as you said, if we can hit 55%, we are going to be uber successful so yeah. you know like don't take 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 josh's word he does this for a living which i think is just so cool and so as you said you've been you know you're a reporter you show up on the show sometimes you obviously on sundays and on saturdays with college football and regular you know nfl football i'm sure you're all over that as well what um what what are you doing now 
how, uh, like, have you question. learned about all these esports and figured out like like how do you then teach yourself a sport like that or how do you get into something new i know for a little while i think there was turkish soccer for an mm-hmm. extra minute before everything else shut down there was mexican league soccer how do you actually make educated decisions on these sports that be honest you probably don't watch too yeah much? so that's a really good question at first um i got really big into ufc because mm-hmm. Dana White UFC, they were one of the first or one of the only sports that kind of kept going. And it's like, you kind of feel gross about it. Like they should really cancel this. Yeah. This really isn't smart, but yet I'm in betting and you know, you can read the market mm-hmm. and read the line movement and there's value there. So I got big into UFC at first. Um, that lasted a couple weeks. Then they yeah. shut that down. And to be honest with you, I'm what I think is like, if you want to be a successful sports better, you got to have some knowledge of what you're betting on. So on the one hand, it's like, if you know nothing about um, like, what was it? Um, Aussie rules football. That was like mm-hmm. hot for a minute. Yep, People were yep. betting that because that was still available. And it's like, okay, yeah. Like if you want to take a shot you're dying for action, like, you know, you can read the line movement and try to make a smart bet, see where the sharp money's going. But I kind of err on the side of like, if you don't know, anything about it, I would typically lay off. And I know that's not like a sexy thing to say, or like people don't want to smart thing to say, right? But yeah. It's like throwing your money away because other people know what's going on and you don't as you've been saying this whole time. Yeah. So I kind of was like, okay, I'm not gonna, um, you know, try to break down Turkish soccer or Russian, uh, you know, rugby or something. So what I've been doing, which actually is keeping me really busy is I'm working on betting education for VEASAN. So, um, I'm putting together, I uh, just finished the third one today on bankroll management, but these hour long episodes where we break down um, the first one was like the basics of betting. What is a spread money line uh, total juice episode two was um, setting realistic expectations and talking about confirmation bias and gamblers fallacy. Um, episode three was bankroll management, flat betting, bet to risk, not bet to win. So um, kind of the way I saw it was uh you know, there's really not much to bet on and I could go all in on things I don't know that much about, but then that's going to end when this is over and then you're going to go back to the big sports. So kind of what was the point of that where I think like, okay, this is kind of a perfect time where we can put these episodes together and they're going to run at VEASAN, you know, from midnight to 4 a.m. Or if you got to fill a spot, you know, from four to five on a slow day, they'll be able to replay these and you can go to VEASAN.com or if it's on Nesson or whatever, any other channel, you'll be able to see a different episode. So I have 10 episodes lined up, just finished the third one. Um, takes me a while. It's like, takes a full week to kind of do it. Cause I have to do a script mm-hmm. and then kind of go through all this stuff. But um, it's really rewarding when I finish one. So we're three down, we got seven more. Hopefully I'll do more. And then hopefully betting comes back. Um, you know, super fingers crossed crossing my fingers man yeah and uh but yeah all betting education right now and um that way my goal is like you know people are dying to bet Mm -hmm. and once it comes back hopefully this time where we were off this hiatus you could use that as a betting education time go to school and then you know start betting hopefully making more you know smarter bets once we once all those sports come back betting university man go check out yeah. go check out josh's episodes again you know there's three out if i'm not mistaken or two yep. are out one just finished no three are yep. out okay as of recording um this is probably not going to drop for a couple more weeks to be honest with you so then it's uh you know everything will be 
more will be out by then. So you yeah. can go, you can take in this information, you can see what's going on. And that's, that's something that I'm trying to do um, with this time off is I'm trying to get better. This is my favorite thing I get to do. So I'm, I scheduled 50 of these in the span of like three <laughs> weeks. So like, screw it. Why not? I have the time. Nice. I can't, can't do anything else. I might as well get good at something. Uh, but maybe the other thing I get really good at is gambling and betting and figuring it out. So that way, when it comes back, you know, that's the, the way I like to think it's beer money. Right. Like yep. I can get a couple tens here, twenties there. All right. That's beer money for the weekend. That's solid. Exactly. That's drinking for free, man. Nobody likes that. Yeah, Who that's... doesn't love that? Tell, tell <laughs> you, go back, tell yourself in college, you could drink for free. That person would be so excited. Come on. Exactly. Um, and then, so with Vison, as you said, it's, it's a really, it is a family. So do you have any good uncle Brent stories for me? One um, or two, maybe. The funny thing is I never, I've never met uh, uncle Brent in okay. person. Um, okay. I, what kind of sucks is like I was going to go out there for March Madness for two weeks and cover Oops. everything. Yeah. And then that got the night that um, Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. tested positive and it was in the middle of that game. It was what OKC against Utah mm-hmm. or whatever. I was going to leave the next day to go to Vegas and hang out with Brent, hang out with all the guys. I was super stoked. And that was like coronavirus is legit. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's happening and kind of that screwed up everything. But um, I guess I, no personal stories. Obviously I had listened to him all the time on, broadcast and he's just mm-hmm. a really cool guy um without having met him personally everyone loves him yeah. it's not a facade he really is who he is but what i really liked about him was that there would he would write this article where on every nfl sunday he would put out like his three best picks and he's the voice of the raiders so you know he talked mm-hmm. about the raiders yeah. game or you know a couple other games he liked and the weird thing that i found is that he approached betting totally differently. He'd talk about like, I'm taking the Raiders plus seven because um, Derek Carr matches well against this secondary and mm-hmm. uh, the Raiders, A, B, C, and D, their offensive line is good against this defensive mm-hmm. line. Like he would bring up stuff that like I approach betting differently, looking at just the market and the movement and where's the money and where are the bets and how's the line moving. And I look at historical data teams in similar situations. How do they perform? And the weird thing that made me like, okay, this guy is legit, is that he would say, like, I like the Raiders plus seven for A, B, C, and D, not really analytics or data reasons. And then I would look at the market without having read his article and come to the same conclusion that the Raiders mm-hmm. plus seven are a smart bet. Because, like, maybe they open it plus eight. You know, mm-hmm. they're only getting 20% of bets. Sharps hit them plus eight, had the line fall to seven. They were a divisional dog on the road, which has a lot of value with a low total and da 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 all those things. And like, we would come to the same conclusion from completely different perspectives, like his old school, my more like data driven Mm -hmm. analytics. And that kind of from me from day one is like, I was like, okay, I know he's a pretty sharp guy, a really good better. One of the biggest, most famous commentators of all time, Mm -hmm. but kind of like that blew me away. Like we're coming to the same conclusion and we would differ on games too, obviously, but like most of the games we were the same side. And I was like, this is really awesome. This guy, and that kind of te- shows you, like, you don't have to have one way of betting on sports. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm contrarian, I'm data-driven, but the other cool thing about VEASAN is now I'm learning from these old-school wise guys. So, like, that's helping me not be so stubborn with the numbers. Like, there's a human element. You got to take that into account, and that's benefiting me. So, I'm kind of lucky that some of that expertise kind of rubs off. And, and as you said, I mean, you've been doing this for 10 years, but there's still so much you can learn from yeah. other people and in different ways. And, you know, as again, just going back to that number, you know, if you could get 54, 53% of your bets, that's a lot of room for error. So there's a lot of room for different ideas and ways to think about it. So, yep. you know, obviously as you, as you have your 
philosophies. Others have their philosophies and some are better, some are worse. But at the same time, as long as you guys make it to that number that we're shooting for, we can all be professional. And that's exactly. all we need, right? So with um, how, you know, again, it's, it's kind of unfortunate with everything being off, but at least I get time to hang out with you. So that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But wh- where do you see yourself going and how big do you see VSIN going? Like, as you said, this is a dream job. This is incredible. Are you trying to move out to Vegas? Do you just love Boston too much? You want to stay up in the Northeast when it's cold? Like, I don't know, man. But like, what, how, do you, how do you see yourself and how do you see yourself growing with this company even more? Yeah, great question. Um, so the funny thing is when I apply, they're like, are you willing to move out to Vegas? And I said, yes. Uh, my girlfriend's from San Diego. So like, oh. it's kind of like not far and it's like yeah. good weather. And, you know, I'm born and raised New Englander, but like, I don't like the winter. I don't like the snow, you know? Um, but my goal is so Massachusetts, hopefully the funny thing is we talk about legalized betting Massachusetts, they've really kind of, you know, they've been slow to the legalization game. Like hopefully with coronavirus, maybe it gets delayed, but it was supposed to get legalized later this year, maybe in time for like Pat's week one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to stay around here. I have family. I don't, you know, I would love to go to Vegas as well, but I kind of want to stay in new England and I want betting to be legalized in Massachusetts and I would love like VEASAN East Coast mm-hmm. office, like in downtown Boston. Like it's it's rabid sports fans. DraftKings is based downtown by the garden. You know, I think to me, like if that could happen, you know, and who knows if it will, that I would love for it to happen, but that, that would kind of be my goal. Um, and then we could go 24 seven and have both, both coasts, which would be great. Not bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know where I see myself. I just want to keep, keep grinding and just keep doing what I'm doing. And I'd like to write another book at some point, kind of thinking about maybe um, behind the scenes of a book. How does a book operate? That's kind of my, and I've been able to meet like really cool bookmakers. Mm -hmm. Like there's this guy, Thomas Gable, we call him TG. He runs the Borgata in Atlantic city. He's the coolest guy you're ever going to meet. And like, he's told me stories and Mm. this huge wise guy just bet 400 K on the giants plus three. And like, I think that, people would love to know, like, it's kind of mystical, mystified, like, what is a sports book? What goes on back there? So I kind of would like to do a book on that, maybe something on March Madness. That's kind of my favorite betting time of year. Um, so write, write, write more books, continue to grind, continue to learn more, um, hopefully help some new bettors, you know, win more bets than they lose and kind of just go from there. But um, I'd like to stay with Visa long-term and they, because when I was down and out and unemployed, they mm-hmm. took a shot on me. So like, I'm super loyal to them and I would like to continue to work at VEASAN, you know, for as long as I can. I love it, man. It seems like a fun place. As you said, it's a family and that's, you know, as, as you even said, like there's gotta be some asshole somewhere, but if there's <laughs> not, man, like clearly the company, clearly the people around it, I mean, positivity, you know, attracts positivity yep. um, and, you know, bringing good people in and creating that, the, you know, culture is, you know, sometimes I think a little overused, but in, in terms like this, in a smaller company, it's everything. And if you can get good people being good people, doing good things, helping each other, helping their members and helping, you know, the general public like you are. I think, you know, why, why would you, there's no reason to leave. Just ask for a pay raise and a bigger promotion. You know, yeah, that's exactly. all I got to do. But <laughs> until then, you know, let's get sports back. And so that, that's normally my last question. But as I told you, we kind of got to talk about it. Yeah, so Tom Brady, Tom Brady's no longer on the Patriots. You said you grew up, you know, during the dynasty with all that stuff happening. I mean, you're 
you said 30 something. So if we take off 20 or like 12 ish, right around, you know, the, it's really oh, funny when I talk, yeah. <laughs> when I talk to people from Massachusetts and Patriots fan, it's the snowball. If I talk to everyone else on planet earth, it's the tuck rule game, which I really, yep, really exactly. love. Hey man, we all got to spin things the way we spin things. But with that being said, how, I mean, obviously it was devastating. I'm sure you're not super happy about it, but from a gambling perspective, how are you kind of stepping away from the fandom, kind of divorcing yourself from that perspective and actually looking at this analytically? How are you looking at this? Like people are obviously going to overhype the bucks or, or a lot of money is going to be thrown in that direction. Maybe people aren't going to pay attention to the Patriots as much because Jared, who um, <laughs> granted, I did see him at Baylor and he was incredible. That was back <laughs> in the day. So he broke his leg, I think. But like, how are you looking at it? taking away the one thing that you've known your whole life, essentially. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, great one to end on here. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry so, if I'm yeah. twisting that knife real deep too. Not no, really, no, but, okay. you know. I can never be, I was, I was devastated to see Brady leave, but again, that's like, I'm been in the game so long that like, I still have that fan in me. Like the worst mm-hmm. thing you do is bet like a fan. Yep. You, know, you want to bet with your head, not your heart. And all that goes into it. Don't have allegiances. Don't have bias. Bias will hold you back. But Brady was kind of like the last guy, like, I love Brady before, you know, I was 13 in the snowball game, you know, seeing the greatest show on turf, the greatest comeback, you know, the greatest upset I've ever seen. Okay. There's a couple more. Second greatest upset I'd say, but we don't need (laughs) to discuss that. That's fine. But yeah. So uh, yeah, it's just um, Brady leaving. That was devastating. Like I don't have like, I'm not like a fanboy anymore. Like, you know, players are players. They're like Mm -hmm. people. They're not like, these crazy, like, you know, Greek gods, gladiators, mm-hmm. like do you think when you're younger? So it still hurts seeing Brady leave. I think if you had lived in Boston, things have gotten weird the last couple of years with Alex Guerrero and Brady and Belichick are butting heads. And just like, there was a weird vibe. Brady was just not himself all year. Like they were eight and oh, and he comes to the podium after the game and he's pissed off and he's in a bad mood. And like, it just was, it had a weird feeling. And there was, you know, looking back on it, it's like, you know, he took the claws out of his contract. He didn't want to be franchised, mm-hmm. put his house up for sale. Like you look back and it's like, he was going to leave the whole time, but like you never really thought it would happen until it happened. So, yeah. um, which is crazy. But uh, yeah. So one thing on the Lombardi line of Visa we're doing right now is looking at win totals. So like, it's like one thing you can bet on right now, futures. And um, I look at a lot of how the juice moves with win totals. So um, for example, one would be, um, what can I give you? Um, the Detroit lions. Their win total is six and a half. And I think they were like three, 12 and one last year. They were terrible, but the six and a half is being juiced up to like minus 120, minus 130 at all books. So anytime you see juice really moving heavy across the market on the same side, it kind of tells you there's liability and they're making you pay a higher number. So that's kind of what I'm looking at, looking at win totals, which that would mean going over six and a half wins for the Detroit Lions would be a smart pick. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be shitty again. They could go two and 14 or whatever, mm-hmm. but like, that's the kind of thing I look at. So if you go to the, the Pats and uh, the Bucks, their win total is either nine or nine and a half, depending on the books. There's actually a prop bet. I think at FanDuel, who will win more games, Patriots or Bucks. It started like Patriots minus 140, like a very, very short mm-hmm. favorite. And now it's even money. It's minus 110. So that's a toss up there as well. You got to think Pats will take a step back. Bucks will get better, obviously. Um, the one thing I would say is like, as a contrarian, like you're always looking at the mentality of buy low, sell high and kind of the herd mentality. And once something gets super hyped up, it it loses all its value and you really want to buy on bad news, sell on good news. So I would almost think, you know, 
like we saw this with the Cleveland Browns last year, they brought in Odell, you know, and they had all these moves and like Baker Mayfield and like they just they kind of quote unquote won the offseason. Everyone took their over win total. They the under like sailed under. So I think with that, that kind of just that's one example, but I would almost lean a little bit to the Bucks under and believe it or not, the Patriots over, which is like, oh, you're a homer, you like the Pats, but like they went eleven and five with Matt Castle. Mm-hmm. They they like Stidham. And they still have Belichick, one of the best coaches, you know, the best coach of all time, or Lombardi or whoever you want to say. So the fact that everyone is disregarding the Patriots, like the Patriots, what's funny is like, as a contrarian better, I can never bet on the Patriots. That mm-hmm. whole dynasty, they're always getting 80% of spread bets. They're always a minus seven, minus 10 favorite. Every play is betting against them because they're being overvalued by the public. So I would always bet against them. The crazy thing is, like, they're the exception to every rule. They would still cover. Brady and mm-hmm. Belichick, were cover, they'd cover, like, 59% of their games. So it's the one opportunity now where, like, the Patriots are now undervalued. You know, they lost Brady. And they've lost a lot of free agents. Everyone says they suck. You know, they have this, you know, Stidham. Who knows if he's going to be good or not? So I think kind of what you like about the Patriots is that in terms of public perception and value, they're being undervalued. So I think that's going to benefit you. And if they're plus six against, I don't know who, um, they'd probably be like plus 10 against the Ravens. But like a good, a better team, you know, getting points, being a kind of a fade the trendy dog favorite where maybe they're minus three and everyone's betting the, the other side and yet they roll. So I just think with the Patriots, what I've learned about them is when, when they're undervalued, that's a really rare thing that never happens. And that's actually a good betting opportunity. So I would think almost betting against the bucks because now everyone loves Brady and they're going to be big and they got Evans and Godwin and this OJ Howard and Cameron Bray, all these great players. But uh, I think you can kind of buy low on the Pats at this point, sell high a little bit on the bucks. I mean, they got Drew Brees twice a year and they have, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's in that division now and Matt Ryan's still Matt Ryan. The Falcons aren't great, but like that's a hard division. So I think you can buy low, sell high. That's the way I would approach the Patriots. But obviously, I'd much rather have Brady on the team than not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I mean, again, the Patriots, they get to play the Jets twice. Um, they're going to lose one game to Miami. It just seems yep. like that happens. And In Miami, gonna lose... every year. Yep, yeah. Every year, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and they're probably going to lose one game to the Bills. Yep. So, I mean, if you can already pencil in four and two just for the division because the Jets are just so incompetent. I mean, all right, or already, like you're already ahead of the game. If if you said what nine, nine and a half, I mean, I wouldn't put ten wins by them. I don't know the Patriots' schedule off the top of my head, but the Bucks' schedule is significantly harder. Again, as yep. you said, Drew Brees twice a year, Matt Ryan twice a year. We'll see what the Panthers do and Teddy Bridgewater. But I think they also play. They, they they just said like pretty much every single Bucks matchup. There's going to be other than Tom Brady. It's like every of like of the. 16 i think like nine or ten of them include mvps or something like something ridiculous aaron Rodgers is in there like it's just incredible so i mean if they win 10 games i think that's a success and i can understand why you're saying you know take the under there and yeah of course i'm pretty sure you know what do you know the odds on the patriots still winning the division by any chance because i take those pretty much without even knowing them at this point so they're pretty much even yeah the patriots they're usually you know minus a thousand exactly yeah two thousand you know it's crazy but uh, depending on, and this is why another thing, shop for the best line because DraftKings, FanDuel, points bet, all these off, you know, offshore books, they have different odds. So whatever you do like, you know, whichever side, shop around, get the best number. But a lot of them are like Patriots, minus 120, even the Bills, very slight, like plus 130, plus 140. 
Um, the Bills actually are a really sharp over. So if you do want to bet the Bills, they open at eight and a half, and every book is the over. And they were 10 and six last year. They got a good defense. I like what McDermott does with them. Maybe Allen, you know, he makes mistakes, but like mm-hmm. another year, they just got digs. Yeah. So uh, the over eight and a half, if you can still get it, that, that's a bet um, I took a couple weeks ago, which uh, some books are actually going to nine. So, you know, well, you Josh, get the eight and a half. <laughs> if you're betting, it, it's probably in my interest to bet it too. But man, this was awesome. Josh Applebaum, sports betting reporter for VSIN, Vegas Sports Info, Information Network, incredible all around dude, book author uh the everything guide to sports betting that will be in the show notes if anyone wants to grab that and uh yeah man this was awesome thanks so much for your time michael you're the best uh, absolute pleasure and uh i must say one of the best podcasts i've done you're just a regular wow. guy and uh, we had a great great convo and it didn't it was just fun so thanks well, for having thank me you. Uh, from someone in the industry josh i really do yeah. appreciate that thank you man awesome Thank you so much for listening to this episode of For the Love of Sports with Josh Applebaum. As I said, really cool guy, very charismatic, a lot of fun. You can watch him on VEASAN. You turn on the TV, he's there. Very well worth the 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 money that the product is. And right now, everything's for free. So definitely, definitely check it out because you can watch whatever you'd like and really fall in love with some of these personalities and the information that they're giving you, which is very important. So please make sure to follow Josh on all of his socials. Everything will be in the show notes. Please also make sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening because that would be super super helpful so thank you so much for your time it's the only thing we don't get more of so i appreciate you giving me some of yours and i hope you make it a wonderful day yes.